Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Backup Stories, Episode 8. My name is Justin Townsend. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Rob Newmeyer. How's it going? Rob, before we get into comics this week, uh, there is a bit of casting news. Uh, coming off the heels of Avengers Age of Ultron, we got a slew of casting information about uh, the next uh, real big Marvel movie, uh, Captain America Civil War. Yeah, I mean, they seem to like throw it all out there. Yeah, uh, so they threw the first official synopsis and uh, some interesting casting news. And uh, let's do the synopsis first. Uh, Captain America Civil War picks up where Age, Avengers Age of Ultron left off. As Steve, uh, excuse me, as Steve Rogers leads the new team of Avengers in their continued efforts to safeguard humanity. After another international incident involving the Avengers results in collateral damage, political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability and a governing body to determine when to enlist the services of the team. The new status quo fractures the Avengers while they try and protect the world from a new and nefarious villain. So that kind of sounds just like the comic. Uh -huh. Now, do you think they're obviously replacing something they do wrong with, like what the New Warriors did in uh, in Civil War? Yeah, so it, it that, that, that seems. I, I the whole time uh, we knew this movie was coming, I didn't think it was going to be something like this. I really felt that it would be okay, like something would happen, but that wouldn't be the main driving force. Somewhere along the way. I don't know if it's rumor or, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where I've heard this or if it's just been, you know, interesting conjecture, but that Bucky would be the one like you were going to find it. We found out in The Winter Soldier that Bucky was the one who may have killed Stark's parents. Okay. And that Stark would find out and go hunting after Bucky. And that would lead to the conflict between Cap and, and Tony. I've, I've never heard that before. That was, I can't remember where I've heard that, but I think it was when they had that, like that big leak. Of, um, I can't, re I can't remember the website. Is it um, Latino review? Latino review had what they thought was like a big leak on like all the upcoming movies and like who would live and who would die in what movie and, you know, taken with a grain of salt, whatever it was. I'm pretty sure they're the ones that maybe threw that, that little stone out there for people to pick up on. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, that would be one way for them to do it. Now, who knows? That that may come into play at some point anyway. Um, I can't picture them throwing that little nugget out there in the Winter Soldier and them not picking it up later. Yeah, because, you know, we know he is in this movie. Yeah. And, uh, like, however the search is going for the Winter Soldier, you know, because Steve said that's what he will do, um, I, I can't see them not using him for a major chunk of the movie. Yeah. I mean, you uh, mentioned so popular, you know. Oh yeah. Time. He was the best part of, uh, I thought he was the best part of the winter soldier. We, we mentioned casting. So let's just go down the, the huge role here, uh, reprising their roles. Chris Evan as captain America. No, oh, oh man. Surprising. Robert Downey jr. Making a boatload of money. It was like 40 or 50 million, like some insane amount of money to come, uh, be in this movie as Iron Man, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier, Anthony Mackie as Falcon. Okay, now we start getting into the extended cast. Paul Bettany as Vision, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, Don Cheadle as War Machine, Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Uh, no Thor, no Hulk. Um, well, it's the, the new Avengers. Yeah. So uh, Paul Rudd will reprise his role as Ant-Man. Uh, Chadwick Bosman will show up as Black Panther. The cast also includes Emily, Emily Van Camp as Agent 13, Daniel Brühl in an unnamed role, rep, uh, reportedly playing Baron Zemo, Frank Grillo as Crossbones, and William, this is the wild card one, was William Hurt coming back as General Thaddeus Ross. From, that's, we a, that's really cool. Yeah, we haven't seen him since, I forget, 2008 Incredible like Hulk? Yep. Same year that Iron Man came out, it was seven or eight. Yeah, because uh, that's when Tony walked into the bar. Yeah, and that was the first, like, I remember sitting in the movie theater being like, oh, my God, this, like, these two movies are connected. I remember sitting in, in that in the theater, and at the very beginning, they show the Stark tech. And uh, they're, like, the, the all the schematics for stuff, and you see Stark's name on the on the, the blueprints, and I was so blown away that I they were actually connecting the two movies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for me, he's the wild card. Like, I, I, I don't, don't know think... where he fits. Oh, he's, he's just going to be probably a military liaison that that absolutely hates everything that the Avengers are doing. Yeah. 
that's just what I would guess. I don't know. You just weird to have that character in a movie with no Hulk. Like those uh-huh. two kind of go hand in hand. Like for me, it would be like having the Red Skull in a movie without Captain America. Uh-huh. No, no, I hear you. And there was one other guy that they just announced. Uh, oh, that's right. And Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, yeah. Who is in an unnamed role. Hmm. So we don't know who he's going to be. Probably a villain, I'm going to assume. No. I no, think it would he's be going to be some kind of political. I thought it would be so great if he was a villain, though, because he always well, plays. Guess, I don't know. He always plays the good guy role. Uh-huh. It would be great to see him do something that people wouldn't expect. Well, if, if he's used to playing a hobbit, he could be like Pip the Troll. That works. Sure. Yes. That definitely yeah. works. That's never going to happen. So this is a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy. I don't, you know, it. they showed that they could handle it with the amount of characters that, that was in the last Avengers movies. Yeah. Um, no spoilers for Avengers. We're no, still, no, no, I'm just, we're still holding off on the spoiler show. I'm just saying that they showed they could handle it. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm super psyched. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm not worried that there's too many people. Cause again, I mean, there is a, a ton of characters in age of Ultron and, and they managed to pull that off really well. You know, most movies when they have, that many leads or you know that many people to shine a light on the movie gets overstuffed and for you know for me avengers didn't feel that way uh i'm just surprised that it's turning more into like avengers 2.5 than a captain america movie i could understand that but so if you look at it this way or you know maybe not people a lot of people did not enjoy iron man 3 Okay. You know, yeah. And and that was I, I am one of them. That was a straight Iron Man movie. Um Winter Soldier was awesome. So the second cat movie was awesome. Do we want another solo ish cat movie where, yeah. where it's just him straight going after Bucky and not even referencing any of this other stuff? Yeah. Like it's the you know, it's all out there on the table now. There's no way that they just couldn't reference all this stuff and yeah you're right make it make it a civil war adaption especially coming off the way that avengers ends you know it, it, the characters are in places where it would it would be hard for them to to realistically do a movie without those other characters being in the background i mean we were already wondering where hawkeye was in the winter soldier so uh-huh. it would be really difficult you're right to to have another solo movie like that and with all these movies making so much money, it's not like they don't have the money to pay these people. Yeah, and we don't know whether or not that the additional characters are going to be in the movie for the whole thing, or are they going to show up, you know, for a five-minute role, you know, in the beginning, middle, or end of the movie? Like, we don't know. Like, it, it, they could still focus all of the attention on Captain America, which I pictured them doing, but... Then again, Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be... Yeah, if you're paying him that much money. Yeah, so he's the one that I, I feel like the rest. But the rest of the Avengers, like I don't know how much they're going to come into play. I still I still picture this boiling down to Cap and Tony. And we've, we've seen some of the leaked promotional images. Have you seen them? No. Okay, so this week, three promotional images got leaked. And it's Tony in the new suit. It's the Mac Fraction suit from, I think it was Iron Man number 50? And 500 i can't remember which one it was uh i'll let you know hold on one sec just just in case anyone doesn't want to hear any of this or spoilers of any sorts that's what we do we talk about stuff and we don't hold back um if it's a book that we don't want to hold back on of course then then we'll we'll let you know but yeah so if you don't want to you know be spoiled on any any of this movie news then you know just just skip ahead a and little we're bit. trying very hard to, to not spoil avengers we are planning a spoiler show for that where we sit down and break down the film uh-huh. uh Scene so, yeah, by scene. That uh that fraction suit was like issue fourteen or fifteen. With all the lights on it. Correct. Yeah. So that's the one that they're using for Civil War. And uh-huh. then Cap looks very similar to how he does in Avengers. But the one image has just the two of them coming head to head at each other and uh, with a big like lightning bolt down the middle. It's very dramatic. Is uh, it an official or is it a fan made? No, it's official. It, like I'm not sure that Marvel's the one that that's put it out there, but one of those like reputable sites is like, nope, this is this is this is promo image, like a promo image that they got their hands on. So it'll be uh it'll be interesting. I mean, we got like a year, like just under a year now to wait. I think it's May sixth is the open for that movie. Yeah, uh, these movies are going to start rolling out. 
you know, at a breakneck kind pace, of, kind yeah. of fast now, because uh, Ant Man's a couple of months. Yeah, July, July or August. Like I can't remember which one. Yeah, so it's going to make the wait between these movies just seem. And on top, I mean, on top of that, to make it better, I mean, the wait for the Marvel movies is bad, but we got all these other movies that are going to be filling in the gaps as well. Like you know, I'm excited to see Batman, Superman. I'm excited. Like I'm still excited to see whatever Fantastic Four looks like. Uh-huh. Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. Um, Jurassic and then World. Jurassic World. Sure. Like that movie looks. That movie looks very interesting. I know, and it's and it's weird. I'm not a movie theater person. Uh, I have. Like I always say, it's my superpower is that I, I fall asleep at the movies. No matter how exciting the movie could be, uh, I just, I nod off and it's weird. I, do, I don't understand why. I think it's because I have such like a, a shit sleep schedule as is. Yours is pretty bad. That, uh, that I just relax and I'm out. Well, we're going to have to be poking you in the side for some of these because they look really exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. So yeah, I mean, we got, we got a year to wait. I'm, I want to know more about this movie, especially now that all these people are going to be in it that I wasn't expecting. I definitely want to see where they're going. And uh, like they're, you're right, they are ramping up and they're, they are in full comic book mode now. Now, when do you put yourself on like media blackout or do you? Uh, usually when they're like, whenever trailer three rolls around, I'm usually at that point, like once they start putting out clips of the movies, like watch this clip from the movie, then I, then I just, I stop. What about like, if a site posts spoiler information, yeah, I'll stay away from it then. Okay. Like when uh, when Latina Review threw out that whole plan that they thought that they had mapped out up until 2019, I was like, I don't mind reading this because who knows if it's true or not. But if somebody had like real spoilers for a movie coming up, I would try and stay away from it. Okay, fair enough. So that's movie talk. Let's get into comic book talk. Big week. It was it was a big week. Yeah. Um. I didn't really have a ton this week, though. Even though it was a big week, there was like, you know, it was one of those weeks where it was like, there's some very, very good stuff. Yeah. And that, then there were some books that was like, you know, like for me, like I read Spider Gwen and Spider Woman and some other books, and I, I, I thought they were good. But the number one thing on the top of my pile was uh, Secret Wars number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with your thoughts. I mean, we're going to, like Rob said, we're going heavy into spoilers from here on out. So what did you think of this? Uh, I, I think it's, a great payoff for for someone who has been reading Marvel for all these years and like just keeping close up with with Hickman's workings, uh, especially the Avengers, New Avengers stuff. Uh, I I thought it was great, and every little moment had great meaning to me. Uh, and I can't wait to see where he goes next because, yeah. you know, it, it leaves you in a spot like this. This was imminent. We knew a war was coming, um, but just how it ends kind of leaves you in a spot of, OK, holy crap, what's going to happen next? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I think we should break down the book. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, a lot a lot of people could be coming into this. Um, it's number one of an event. Uh, and so people will pick this up and then I mean, it's possible they have been reading Hickman's whole run. Um, we talked last week about Avengers, New Avengers, those books both ending and where they leave off. Uh, so this book picks up right there. Uh, the Ultimate Universe and the 616 Universe are about to collide. The two Earths are almost on top of each other. And the Ultimate Universe sends off their heroes to go fight the 616 Universe. And so all of this is taking place on the 616 world. Correct. Uh, where Iron Man is uh you know it is using his iron man six which i don't think we've seen since the ultimate number 30 no millar's 30 when you know he uses the iron man six to save uh you know save the world from loki and asgard which is a terrific run Mm -hmm. uh the ultimate's like first 30 something issues uh and it was interesting i mean you may have talked about this before but Iron Man's using his old costume, which he hasn't used since that original run. And I think that they did that. The uh, the ultimate Iron Man, I mean. He's using his original costume, which is very distinct, so that people wouldn't get confused on what Iron Man was attacking. Because the ultimate universe's Iron Man suit looks very similar to Tony, like the 616 Tony suit. Uh-huh. I could see that happening. I, I just think that... Uh, his original ultimate suit is probably the most recognizable because especially the beginning of, of that series yeah. is 
the most read of any of those ultimate books. So I think that's that's in even even the casual Marvel readers, they've they've just seen either that cover or that design. Yeah, so, it's yeah. a very that, that one cover. You're right, is very very popular, and they actually used it for mm-hmm. Avengers. I don't know, maybe if we ended with forty four, maybe forty. Yeah, it was about four or five issues ago. Yeah. So you have the two the the two sets of heroes fighting, trying to save their universe, and um, it's like it's bleak, it's upsetting. Um, because you know that they're not neither one of these these sets of heroes is going to win. At the same time, you have Reed and his his Illuminati um, getting ready to launch their life raft, uh-huh. trying to just save the species. Where they're going, we don't know. You know, we don't know where exactly they're going to end up, but they're just trying to get out of the the blast zone of these two Earths colliding together. Uh, I thought that was that was something to see. It's just it, it's such a such a weird thing to see heroes when you just know that they don't have a chance. Like there's nothing that they can do. Uh huh. Yeah. And this, this was definitely one of those things where there was no talking. There was no them sitting down and saying like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be fighting or anything like that. This was just full out war. Yeah. Um, I think that ultimate read definitely got into, uh, like ultimate fury's head and yeah, for kind, those kind of forced his hand to pull a lot of this. Let's talk about Ultimate Read for a second. Okay. And for those who haven't been familiar with the Ultimate Universe, um, before Hickman actually was writing Avengers, he was writing the Ultimates. Yep. And he had this grand plan for the Ultimates uh, that got cut very short. And we didn't know why at the time, but it was because he was offered the lead job on, on the Avengers. So uh, he kind of made Ultimate Read this evil bastard. Yeah, they, they kind of made him that world's Doctor Doom, even though that world has a Doctor Doom. Like Reed just realizes that he's the smartest person in existence and that they need to do his things his way for the betterment of, uh, I guess, of the human race. And when he does not get to do that, he creates his own race called the Tomorrow People. He creates a city, a living city that... Um, he uses evolution and you know time passes differently in the city like reed is thousands of years old now and his children have advanced to these higher beings of war in a way and uh, there's a whole storyline in the ultimates where he goes to war with asgard and strips all the gods of their powers it was it was great it just got cut off too soon so it's great to see hickman be able to pick him back up as he's done in the last couple of issues so we have the cabal or the cabal which however you say that word. I say Cabal. Cabal. Uh, of Thanos, the Black Swan, Namor, on the, the ultimate Earth. They, they, they got stuck there through different means in the Avengers books, and they're kind of working with Reed. And so Reed is sending out his, his drones into the city. He's completely manipulated Fury, because, I mean, Reed's been, that Reed has been destroying worlds in secret for a long time, uh, trying to, because he knew about the incursions. Yeah, so Fury went to him, and you know, gave him the reins of everything basically, and said, "Look, if this is the only way that we're going to live, then you let do us what, live. Yeah, yeah, do what you got to do." And none of it matters for anything because the two worlds, the two worlds end up colliding. What was super interesting was that Reed had ideas on who was going to be on this life raft, and uh, you know, si- different scientists and people who would help recreate, you know human life and, and and keep the species going. No, 616 read you're talking 616 about. 616 yeah. read, I'm sorry. That's going to be a bit confusing. We'll, 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 we'll make mention of that. So he sends off this life raft and Natasha's piloting it and uh, they don't make it. And those scientists go. So uh, Manifold sends out and pulls in a couple of different heroes into the life raft. Uh, the female Thor, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, um, Star-Lord, and I'm just trying to see... Um, there was anybody else oh yes and scott summers who is in control of the phoenix again that was great now that was really interesting to me because 10 issues ago the x-men showed up in the avengers and like out of nowhere and i think the illuminati knew like something big is happening and we're going to need your help and scott's like you know it it was just like on on one page in one issue and scott's like no i'm going to save everybody and like he wants nothing to do with the avengers and now we know why is that he found a phoenix egg and he's waiting to use it until now, uh, but he doesn't get to. Now, you know, he gets to absorb the Phoenix essence again, like he did in, in Avengers vs. X Men, 
and then he's whisked away uh, by Manifold to get on this life raft. Yeah, and then he was like mid mid sentence. <laughs> he, he was he was in like mid like big speech about ideas not being able to be killed. Uh, the book is like not is just nonstop action. I it's, love it's, that that whole Sentinel part. Yeah, that was cool. Them flying in and they were like, well, "Who's in control of those? Are they yeah. ours or theirs?" They didn't. Nobody knew. Um, and we see heroes die here. Uh, we already we talked about Natasha. She doesn't make it. Um, Rocket doesn't make it. Uh, there's a couple of other heroes that you know. They're, they're just not, they don't make it before the Earths even collide. Uh, so there's two really great parts in the book that stand out tremendously. One uh, is the Kingpin. Oh, yeah. That part was excellent. <laughs> so the world's ending, right? And so the villains are like, God damn it. Like, you know, if we're not going to get to rule the Earth, we may as well watch our greatest adversaries fail. And so Wilson Fisk sends out an email to like every associate in Bullseye, Green Goblin the lizard and says let's let's drink and watch our enemies failure and then the the ending of that is is perfect it's great because <laughs> the punisher kicks kicks through the door and goes out guns blazing yeah. because he knows they're all there together and he doesn't care he's he just wants to go about his focus and his path and that is to punish the wicked yeah he says gentlemen they say that when you die you can't take it with you which begs the question, what am I going to do with all these bullets? And it just like it cuts off, and we don't know what happens from from there on out. Uh, the other real part that I felt that was that it was, was going to be the read part. It was the read part. So the life raft is getting away, and uh, if you could see here, the two Earths are about to collide, and uh, the life raft being here, and they're they're trying to get out of that that blast zone. And again, we don't know exactly where they're going with this thing, but you know, it being Reed and, and Valeria, like. There must be some sort of plan that we're going to find out about, except they get hit and there's a whole breach and uh, Susan and the kids. And it does. I, I can't see who else is in there. All I know is that it just says uh, T'Challa says, oh, Reed, Susan and the others, your children. And uh, Reed's not panicking at first because he believes that Susan is going to be able to put up a force field around the the. Uh, the breached uh, ship uh -huh. and he'll be able to pull them back in in like a very short amount yeah, of time. Ben and Johnny are there, too. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work though, and the force field breaks and they die. And uh, Reed is distraught, screaming. He gets parts of his fingers chopped off by the the shield coming back up. Um, and uh, it goes into a whole monologue at the end while everything fades to white. And uh, then at the end of the book, uh, it says, "Let's see here. I'm actually. Let me see if I want to read this." That's a little bit too long to read, and I don't, I don't want to take away the impact of, of that of this really really great um, quotes uh, that they're they're running through here. But at the end, it says uh, you get the you know rest in peace, the Marvel Universe, the Ultimate Universe, and then our next issue just sees uh, the Lifecraft somewhere. We don't know we don't know where it is, uh -huh. and uh, so it's them walking off. Yeah, so that's where the book ends. And I thought for an opening issue, uh, you had mentioned it earlier, for fans of the Marvel Universe who have been following, you know, the Avengers and who have been reading the ultimate line, like, this was, a, like, a triumph, I feel. Uh, how would you feel, though, if you're a new reader walking into this? Like, you know, I'm not, I haven't read any of the Avengers. I barely read any of the ultimate line. I, you know, I know that there's this big event that everyone's talking about. This is the number one issue. So how would you feel walking into it from that viewpoint? Uh, I would probably feel confused. Uh, like, cause, and I've, I've, I've seen it from customers that have read it already and like texted me and talked about it. Uh, there are people that, are just event book people that that pick up the big events and maybe one or two of their favorite characters series uh and you know they don't follow the news or anything like that so they're just picking this up because it's the summer event and they had no clue what was going on yeah so that i could see and to me i just tell them it's like look it's it's the earth ending event they're clearing the board and they're going to start anew. And this is this is just the end of those worlds. So the next issue will will be the anew. Um, yeah, that that's where we'll find out the layout of of how the new Marvel universe is going to be crafted. 
I agree. I mean, it's Hickman, so we know that there's there's a lot going on in this first issue. And if you're walking into it and you're like, I don't understand. I mean, the, the basic thing that you need to walk away with knowing and understanding from this book is that you have two Earths that are colliding and that there's a life raft of people trying to get away. And that's the basic idea. Issue two, you know, it, I think is, and they show it's it here, week. is yeah. the cover, all the Thors. Uh so we don't know if it's just a cover to the book or, or what's going on, but we know that that the, the battle worlds thing is coming, and it'll be interesting to see the difference between book one and book two. Uh, I think it's going to be night and day. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that I think, and this is the thing about events. And I, I was actually talking with our friend Bobby about this last night. Is that events are they're hard, right? I mean, either they're a bunch of meaningless stories that take up take up time and, and pull issues away from their own stories to, to have crossovers and that there's no real payoff and we could list way too many of those i mean we could start with axis original sin um siege siege um we don't know what convergence is going to be like i mean dc does not do events on, on the scale that marvel does i thought forever evil was actually really good forever it was amazing uh it's hard though to to say like look we're doing this world-changing earth-shattering thing and that's that's i mean marvel's gotten a lot of flack for that lately where they're saying this will change the marvel universe forever and it's like well it, it, it's hard to have that type of story with no lead into it you know so it's either gonna be a story with no meaning or it's gonna have a ton of meaning but it might be a little bit hard to jump into and i feel like that's the that's the latter here is that for them to do this thing that's going to change their universe forever and be earth shattering there has to have been a big lead up to it they couldn't just throw this story out there and that's what we've gotten with hickman is we've got 80 something issues of avengers and new avengers to build up to this thing that's breaking the marvel universe in half and like, not even the, ending the marvel universe. ending the marvel universe yes and reforming a new one yeah so as difficult as it is for people maybe to like to jump into this first issue i would definitely say if you jumped in and you were a little bit confused by it we, you've got the basic premise they're like as rob said wiping the board and i'll be really interested to see what happens with issue two we're going to see where those people on the life raft went but other than that i have no idea what's coming yeah there's I'm no earths to go back to there's no universes to go back to so whatever happens now i have no idea rob yeah. has no idea Nope. So if you're a new reader to this, you're going to be in the same boat as we are. We're, we are just watching and anticipating what's coming now. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing I want to say else about the book, it is that it is gorgeous. Isad Ribic uh, is phenomenal in this. And who does the colors on this? It is... Oh, Rob, you know I'm terrible with names. We both are. <laughs> Ive Sarika. Serena. I, I'm butchering that name, and I apologize. I am not good at with pronunciation. Uh, but it is a gorgeous looking book. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if we're getting eight issues of this and is it, it's not weekly, is it bi-weekly? Cause originally it was supposed to be 12 issues and they dropped it to eight. Correct. Yeah. The next issue does come out next week. It is um, next week. Yeah. It's the 13th. 13th. Well, though, for some reason I thought this was two weeks away. It's, I am not good with dates I, it's either not, apparently. It's not a weekly book though. Interesting. Uh, I think it's, I think it's bi-monthly. Oh, well, no, because that that's be four true. months. Maybe it's three times a month. Oh, bi-monthly. I thought you meant you're you're going to be skipping a month. In oh between. no no no! Oh god, this it's this isn't two or three this isn't secret invasion. Uh huh. All right. Well, <laughs> next week we'll 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 see what's going on. I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, please, if you if you've read it and you want to reach out and let us know what you thought about it, we're we're interested in hearing what everybody thought. Especially if you haven't been reading Avengers, we want to know if it was too much. You know, if if it made you interested to go back and read the other stuff, I'd be interested to find that out. Mm -hmm. And now we have a book that that is by four yearly. <laughs> yeah, God, three years. Uh, let's talk about Batman Earth One Volume Two, and uh, this just came out this week by uh, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. How would you describe the Earth One books? I mean, uh, DC has so many of these different titles. Like they have Earth Two, Earth One, Regular Universe. It's it's a little confusing for somebody who's maybe trying to get into this stuff. Correct. Yeah, Earth One was supposed to be there, or and it is. It's their original graphic novel line that you know all new character. Well, not all new characters. All new origins for those characters. Easy just to throw into a bookstore onto the comic book shelf. Yeah. 
and have people just flat out buy them. Um, I like the idea. Correct, I like yeah. original graphic novels. But wasn't it wasn't supposed to take this long for this book to come out. Yeah, the original book, which I actually I went back and read, so that way I could refresh my memory. Uh, this came out uh, also by Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, in 2012. Mm -hmm. And I liked this one back when I originally read it. It's a retelling of Batman's origin with some twists because, I mean, I'm a sucker for alternate tales. Mm -hmm. on uh, or alternate takes on characters like i love reading that stuff i i did not like that book and i did so like so tell me what didn't you like about the original one because i thought it was way too much like a just regular batman okay. other other than alfred being who he is on gotham now like this big shotgun toting character um everything else just seemed so similar to the Batman mythos. They could have gone somewhere totally different. Like the Superman Earth One books are way different. Are, you know, crazy, crazy different. And and I like the Superman Earth One. Yeah, so do I. And uh yeah, that this just felt too much like the same. I, I mean I agree with that in that the first one definitely felt kind of on point. Like he meets, you know, He's using gadgets. The gadgets don't work. He has to find somebody to make the gadgets work. Who do you think he goes to? Lucius. Um, his parents get murdered, but they, I mean, they kind of changed some things. I like what they did with some of the characters. I like what they did with Harvey. Okay. Harvey was uh, comes to Gotham, and he's a um, like one of those Hollywood detectives that would have a show on like TMZ, and he's bright and shiny and has like pearly white teeth, and you know he comes to the dirt and grime of Gotham. And he finds everybody corrupt. And even in a way, Jim Gordon was a little bit, you know, not corrupt, but he was letting things go by that Jim Gordon wouldn't normally let go by. And that Harvey's the one. So those characters are just swapped. In. Swapped. Correct. You know what? But you know what? The, you get a lot of that with these. I'm, I'm noticing, especially with the Batman ones. There is some character swapping, which to me, like, that's not a big deal. I like seeing different characters in different places. Uh -huh. The way Harvey ends up in that book is kind of uh, which would put him on the road to the Harvey that we know. So Earth uh, Earth One Volume 2, like I said, just came out this week, picks up six months later, and you could easily just pick this one up and read it. They make uh, reference to the things that happened six months ago. And it's about a Batman that still does not completely know what's going on. Um, this Batman gets his ass kicked. This Batman is not the Batman that you expect. Like, And characters make a point to tell him like, you know, you're not that good of a detective, like things like that. And it's about him learning and just trying his best to do the right thing, which sometimes he's not even sure what that is. Um, and this one deals with like a couple of different characters. We, we got our introduction to Harvey Dent, who also has a sister, uh, Killer Croc, uh, more Gordon stuff. Uh, and the main adversary in the book is the Riddler. Is it a perfect thing? No, I don't think it's perfect. But for me, being a person that enjoys these alternate takes on characters, I uh, like I I like it. Like I find it perfectly readable. And Rob, so you're probably looking at what the price? I was looking at the price. Yeah, it so seems like a very quick read. It is. It's a quick. You know, you could sit this pretty much bang this out in one reading. It's twenty four ninety nine. Because the, the amount of stuff, like even in let's say secret war for five bucks seems like the same amount of, of text. Ah, there's more, there's more of that. There's definitely more than that in there. But I mean, the, the best part about these things, like sure it's $25 in the store. If you buy it online, like a site, like in stock trades, it's 12. Okay. So, I mean, it, 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 it for 12 bucks or, you know, 12 to 16 bucks. Like I think it's worth a read. Uh, if you like those alternate tales, there are people who was like, no, this is not the character that I know and I want. And for those people, this is definitely not for you. I have probably every single Elseworlds trade and single issue that that's out there. So yeah. I am a sucker for alternate tales. And even like I own every what if book. I, I love, I what love if that books. stuff. Yeah. So Rob's going to borrow this and he's going to read it. And then I'll be interested to know what you think of it. Okay. Now, what do you okay, got? Okay. Uh, jumping on to another book that we talked about about a month ago, uh, No Mercy Number 2, uh, where we last left off our heroes. <laughs> they, they fell off a cliff. Their bus crashed. Tons of people died. 
And they were worried that the coyotes were going to come and get them, that that's exactly where we left off. Yeah. I and mean, just, just as a, like a quick refresher for on issue one, mm-hmm. a bunch of kids on a missionary mission to, I yep. think it was help build churches in like around Ecuador, somewhere down there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, their bus goes off the road. They crash. Lots of people die. But it, these bunch of kids or yeah. teenagers. Correct. Yeah, they're they're heavy technology laden kids. Um, no phone reception. They don't know where to go, what to do. So they're just waiting out the night. Um, this issue <laughs> probably spans about five minutes worth of of like real world time because from start to finish, what happens is they light a fire. They reset someone's bones. The fire gets put out by mistake. The coyotes attack. And that's it. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, it can't be that bad. And then I, I, I picked up and I skimmed through the issue. And you're right. It seems about like five to ten minutes past in this whole thing. It's something that could have been two or three, you know, panels? Pa- pages, yeah. not even panels, pages to convey, you know, okay, they're they're in the shit but they're already in the shit because they crashed off of a cliff you remember when we talked about this book originally and my fear of the book was like okay they fell off the road they're right off the road mm-hmm. by morning somebody will notice that there's skid marks on this road and i mean it's not like it was an, it, it, not like it they were like way off the road or something they were on they were on a road another car made them go over the edge mm-hmm. yeah so they would be found by midday the next day. And I, I was wondering, how on earth is this book going to stretch out? Well, now we've got this issue and they're stretching it out by making an entire issue a passage of five minutes. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say, like, I will not read the next issue because I, I do. I want to see where they're going. Um, I mean, it, it had potential and it has potential. Um, it's, it's just really odd to me that that this is what they chose to do in the second issue. And you, you had mentioned in the, the discussion on the first one, we were having that same discussion, wondering where the, this book was going to go. They had some they had some intrigue. Somebody on the bus is a drug dealer and has lots of cocaine on them. Like, all right, that's a pull. Like that was like a little thread for me to grab. And they don't even they nope. don't even go there on, on this issue. The, I mean, they mentioned drugs, but not one mystery is solved. Not one new mystery is brought up. There's not even it's a continuation like, of the mystery nope, for the most part. It is a flat stalemate of a five-minute, you know, passage of time. Well, I will depend on you to tell me where this one goes. Okay, yeah, no, definitely will. Uh, and actually, on the same show, we talked about we can never go home. Number one, so issue two did come out this past week, uh, and also the second printing of issue one. Uh, I just had you read this. Yeah. I was super excited. We talked last week about this issue coming out. And then when I got my books this week, um, I could have sworn I put it in the bag. It wasn't in the bag. And so like, I completely forgot about it. And when I saw it, I was like, I, I was excited because I forgot. And I mm-hmm. read it really quickly. The, the book is really good. It is. And it's so surprising. It's like, it, it feels, it feels like an image title, quote unquote. Um, and I'm super, super happy that there's a fresh new indie studio that that now has two books that I'm I'm in love with. Um, Mayday was the other. Yeah, Mayday was last week, and yeah, we can never go home. Number two uh, picks up pretty much right where the last issue left off. Um, his father's killed, and they need to be on the run. They can't stick around. Obviously, they'll be arrested for murder. Um, throughout the issue, she, you know, shows her powers more, uh, and kind of more mysticism around who she is, where she came from, and like, what are his plans? Is he using her for like an ulterior motive? Yeah. What makes this book so interesting is good writing. We talked about that in the first issue, like Uh really good writing, but we don't know what's happening with these characters. The girl has powers. Sure. We know that. And we know from reading this issue that, um, she's in some sort of foster care. Yeah. Um, and we just don't know him. We I like the boy that she's with. Um, 
we can't figure out what his real motive is. I, I don't know if he's just a, if he's a prick, if he's playing her, or if he's sincere. Like I have no idea. Yeah, because I mean, to me, it's like his father abused him. So Duncan, correct? Yeah, and Maddie. These are their two characters. His father abused him, and she she came and saved him, and the father got killed in the process. Now, this is something he clearly, he could have defended himself. There was a gun in the house. So if he had any desire to, desire to get out of that situation and, you know, he, he could have just shot his father. But it's almost like he wanted, wanted her to, to go this way. Yeah. Um, he knew where the gun was, so why, why not? I mean, we're saying some of the things that are happening in this book, and we're not really getting into, like, super heavy spoilers, but... Even if you've got an idea of what's going on, this might be the book I recommend that you pick up the most uh, out of everything we've talked about since the show's inception. This is phenomenal stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, they feel like teenagers. It's like we're in a car, we have food and gas, like D Doritos, and, and, <laughs> that's and, what but, they choose to and buy. music. And it's like you feel that they are teenagers. Like it's like what a teenager would do with all of this. Like. They have no idea what to do. It's like we go to a hotel. Let's go to a hotel. Like, oh, okay, one bed, two, one, two, two bed. What? That was one awesome. bed, one bed. You know, and it's it's got intrigue to it. It's uh -huh. got fantastic writing. Like you feel a sense of connection with these characters. Uh, I feel a sense of connection with the story that I haven't felt from an like from any book in a while. But it, it this is the type of book that would make it probably make me feel it the most. Uh, it's it's really good. I, I mean, I cannot wait to have this collected on my shelf. Yeah, uh, and if you can't wait for that, just go go look for the second printing. Yeah, and for the first printing of this because it's out there, and the cover designs are absolutely yeah. Beautiful. I mean, that's a great looking cover. Mm -hmm. uh, so we can never go home. Issue two from Black Mask. This is a book that I picked up this week uh, that I had saw a, a solicit for, and it kind of was interesting. It's called Arcadia. This is issue number one. It's from Boom, Boom Studios. And uh, it's got an interesting uh, now hook what, to it. What from the solicit like made you kind of like look, look towards it? This is, this is what I had read on, I forget which one, maybe it was CBR or something. Okay. In the early 21st century, 7 billion people died uh, during a global, I don't even know how to say this, it's a virus outbreak. I have no idea what that is. Cool. <laughs> so they die during a global virus outbreak. As the disease tours through communities, the world's governments took radical action to ensure humanity's survival. The brains of the dying were scanned, modeled, and uploaded in a vast computer simulation housed in enormous data centers around the, glo the globe. They call this simulation Arcadia. So you have 7 billion people die, and they're uploaded into the matrix. And you get... You get two views from this book. You get the view from people inside the Matrix or, Arc or Arcadia, if we're going to go by its full name here. And then you have what they call the meat. They call the people on the outside the meat. And they're the people who keep these servers running where there are your families. Like with 7 billion people dead, most likely you know somebody in there. Now, do they have interactions with the people inside? They're outlawed. Uh, so what happens is, and, and they make a great point, like, when that many people die, what happens to government? Well, the government gets really shrunk down. There's like, I forget what the number was, like maybe like 200 million people left on the planet alive. And uh, what's happening is their natural resources, the people, the, the people still alive, they're like, they're running out. Like, and they, they keeping these people alive in, in Arcadia is going against them. It's hurting them. Uh, what is their incentive to, to keep these people alive? I guess... Uh, they they don't really get into that, but okay. my my assumption is like, look, there has to be some ninety percent of ninety nine percent of the world's population is dying. Either we could throw them in this computer simulation where they could have some semblance of life, uh -huh. and maybe we could figure out something later. Who knows? Uh, or we just let them all die. And so I guess they just decide to do that. They don't. They, we don't see the decision that brings us there. We were we're already when this book opens, we're already there. We're already you know years later. Uh, and what's interesting is that there's an interesting dynamic inside Arcadia. 
depending on how much money you have when you were dying, it kind of affects the way that you live there. Oh, really? So you have people, let me see if I can find the page here. You got, yeah. You have people who look like humans uh, and, you know, look like regular people. And then you have people like this guy who looks kind of like an alien. And he asks, uh, could you spare a spine? Because he doesn't have one. So his body is all deformed. And I guess if you can't, if you don't have the right type of money, like you're, you eventually could get deleted. Uh, but there's no doubt, like in a way there's no dying in there. If you have enough money, it seems because the book starts out with a girl flying over the grand Canyon, like a simulation of the grand Canyon. Uh, and they tell her that they take their physics very neat around this part and she falls and splats on the ground. And then three hours later, she ran reanimates and goes about her, her business. Okay. Uh, but like I said, the communication between the people inside the simulation and the outside world are, are outlawed and uh outlawed but is it possible it's possible because okay. you see people we see people on this issue breaking the rules awesome uh okay. we also see the president of the united states go into arcadia like you would jack into the matrix to i guess communicate with the leaders inside of there like they're supposed to be doing something for the people on the outside they're supposed to be setting something up and i'm not sure exactly what it is but when they go in there they can kind of like screw around with the physics and make different places so that's supposed to be the united nations and it's this big you know floating rocks with no gravity um they can uh use manipulation against you by bringing back people that you've lost so the president sees her dead father and she's like instantly taken back there's dragons flying around or the tail of dragons flying around uh it's got a like a interesting premise like i'm interested to see where this goes um, how's the writing the writing's good like you know it's it's interesting Mm-hmm. It's not like on par that for me, it's like with something like we can never go home, but it's not that type of book, yeah, yeah. but it was enough for me to, um, want to keep going with this. It's seven years later there. That's the, that's how long it's been since they've been in the simulation. Now, are you going to keep going singles or are you going to wait for a trade? I might grab the next one. Okay. And then judging on how I feel about it, I'll either keep going or wait for a trade. Like I, I, I want to definitely read this and see where the story goes, but I'm not sure yet whether it's going to be in single or trade. But I'm definitely going to grab the next one and, and see where it goes from there. Okay, so we will get Justin's second issue review, and then we'll see. And then, then hey, we'll if it's if good, you, you know, if it's good, there there are some books yeah. that I do stick with for a while. Like I'll, I'll go, I'll go issues on them instead of trade waiting. Uh, but yeah, at the end, it leaves off like, in, in the epilogue, in in a weird spot. Like there's, there's a. Uh, there's a flying sh- sand shark and some other things that I, I wasn't too sure about where they were going with it, but that's the, that's what makes me want to pick up the next one and see where it goes. Awesome, awesome. It sounds very interesting. It's on my pile, but I just really haven't uh, haven't gotten to it yet. So, okay, now we're into our quickies. Uh, Spider Woman issue number seven. We haven't talked about Spider Woman yet, right? I don't think so. No, and it's super good. Yeah, uh, man. Oh, man. I mean, and the art artist has changed, right? Yes, it was originally Greg Land. Correct. Yeah. Uh, man, this is excellent. Excellent yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. The whole reason I like this issue is just because of the premise. Like where where they wind up, they wind up in a town that is built and monitored by the girlfriends or wives of like all different. C-list and D-list super villains. Yeah, um, and I love seeing that 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 backside of of those kind of characters because they have families. Correct, they have families. They have kids. But what do they do when all you really see is is what the villains are doing? Um, and it does. It seems like a nice little peaceful town. Uh, you know, you have a great little sandwich shop and. Uh, that that's what's really drawing me into into this series is there is a deep human element and it's not just all kick ass. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited to to see the the wrap up of of this storyline. Um, it leaves you in a you know a very cliffhangy way. Yeah. Um, what issue? This is seven of Spider Woman, and I mean they made a mistake with this book. Um, they the first two or three issues were pulled into the spider verse event yeah and that like they actually picked up issue number one in the middle of the event for those of us who were reading the uh, the spider verse event 
fine by me. Like I, I've never read a Spider Woman book, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll, I'll jump in and I'll read that. Greg Land is a lightning rod for controversy. Nobody loves the way he draws. Um, so I think it was issue like four or five. They they made a switch. Um, it's I think Dennis Dennis Hopeless is writing this. Correct. And uh, Javier Rodriguez is the penciler. Uh, reminds me, you know, Rodriguez has actually drawn some Daredevil. I mean, I kept saying like it, I was wondering like why Daredevil. it felt like Daredevil, and it was because oh, that's right, he he did some. Uh -huh. uh, it a lot also looks like Chris Samney. Uh, it's a beautiful looking book and it's Jessica, you know, if you haven't been reading, she's left the Avengers and she's doing her own thing again. She's become a private investigator. She's working with Ben Urich on a case that brings her to this town. And, uh, it's fun. It it's reminds, it reminds, it's, it's like daredevil. That, that, that's what it reminds me of right now. Yeah. It's got a mix of daredevils, superior foes of Spider-Man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so if you haven't picked up any Spider Woman, I would suggest doing it. I think you could pick up with like I issue, think it's issue five. Five, yeah, you're probably right because that's when the costume. I think the costume change Correct. happened. I would pick up there, and uh, it's it's fun. It's definitely good. Uh, next is Avengers versus number one. Uh, th the reason I'm bringing this up is I think it was. A missolicit number one because you know everyone heard this Avengers versus coming out and it just seemed like it was going to be another series like Guardians uh, team up and it it's not it's one hundred percent catered towards the kid audience um, yes in it, a big way it is the the Avengers assemble cartoon on paper form I mean even the last story is is like art from from that cartoon uh now i don't mind that it's a book game towards kids not at all but when you throw a six dollar cover price on a book aimed towards kids that's insane yeah i mean what not i'm not gonna say what parent in their right mind because i mean there are parents that'll buy their kids a lot of things but if you give a kid five bucks and throw them into a comic store and say pick a book you know that they're not, they're never never gonna gonna gravitate towards this. No, it's it's, it's expensive for a kids book. Uh huh. And it's it's not. It, I mean, it feels thicker than a normal comic. It is. It's it, it's three three stories in there. Still, it, it's too much for a kids book. Yep. Way too much. So that that's the only reason why I wanted to bring it up. It, it's just something like this. Just cut it down. Make it make it a three dollar book. You know, really. <laughs> cater it towards kids where they can afford it and yeah. want to pick it up they talk all the time about how important it is to get the next generation of comic book readers invested in comic books mm -hmm. and you do not do it by throwing a six dollar cover price on a book yeah no way nope and there are a lot of misinformed people out there that that were picking this up thinking you know thinking that it was just normal avengers title like an like you said like a guardians team up or avengers team up book correct yeah yeah so It'll be interesting to see them come in next week and, and be not like, be happy. Yeah, you know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I still have yet to read any of this right here. Afterlife with Archie. Now this book has like insane delays, doesn't it? Yeah, but supposedly the delays are are done and they're totally totally moving on. Uh, this is issue number eight. Um, again, it seems like forever since this has come out. Uh, the last. The last issue dealt with Betty's diary, so this this takes a little time jump. Um, they've since left town and you know placed themselves in a manner. They're waiting out a, a big snowstorm, um, so it doesn't deal with zombies in this issue. What does happen though feels very Walking Deadish, especially the first half of the book does. Um, Cherry Blossom, or Cheryl Blossom, sorry. <laughs> Cherry Blossom. I'm mixing her name up. She goes out into the woods with her brother and comes back all bloodied up and says, like, look, a zombie attacked him, killed him, and I killed the zombie. No one believes her, or, you know, do they believe her? So they have to go to a vote. Do we let her come along with us, or do we abandon her? So first half of the issue is very heavy on on the ethics of 
do you know is she going to come with us no i think she's a murderer so they go to a vote and uh she winds up sticking sticking along now the second half is where it just gets very interesting in my opinion because now they move into an, another new territory so we had our zombies we have witches because we know sabrina is there now we moved into ghosts okay uh you know a big haunted manor kind of like the shining um and archie gets to talk with jughead again you know jughead has been dead since the first issue i have the first trade and i've uh -huh. never read it but i've also never read any archie whatsoever and i know that like i probably don't need to uh but like i, I hearing all this makes me want to just be like how why haven't i picked up that book off of my shelf and read it yet uh-huh okay so i won't go any deeper in a sense because they they explain here why the town has just kind of been all fresh and clean this whole time oh really cool yeah, okay like, why is it why has like there never been any horrors or why you know why are they always so peppy and happy and that's un cool untouched and there there's a reason a, a deep dark secret and uh it's cool archie's mom goes into the whole history uh, all right cool very 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 cool read i look forward to checking that out then definitely uh what we're going to close with is a uh, a book I picked up at New York Comic Con, and I just got around to reading it uh, yesterday. It is The Infinite Vacation by Nick Spencer and Christian Ward. Uh, it is a $25 book from Image's Shadowline uh, run. And um, what drew me to it, I'm going to actually read the back. That's the best way I could explain this. The Infinite Vacation, Mark lives in a world where alternate realities are up for sale and buying and trading your way through unlimited variations of yourself is, is as commonplace as checking your email or updating your status. But when other hymns start dying suddenly and he meets a mysterious girl who wants nothing to do with life changing, he'll learn the truth about the universe he stumbles through and what happens when your vacation turns on you. Personally, I've always been fascinated by the ideas of alternate realities. Like, uh -huh. and I think everybody's had this this particular thought. Like, what if I chose something else than what I my life has brought me to? Like, what if instead of going left, I went right? What other choices would have happened? What other things would have happened in my life? And this book explores that deeply. Like, oh, what if I was? Uh, I'm I'm 15 minutes late to work. Well, you could buy your way into a world where you were 10 minutes early that day. Something as simple as that, and they all cost money. So it's like, um, there's a moment in here where he wants to talk to this girl, and she's at a coffee shop and he misses his chance. Well, other hymns who experienced it are selling their experience of not letting her get away for like half a week's salary. Okay. And so it deals with that type of stuff. Like, what if I, what if I didn't, what if I dropped out of college? What if I did this? What if I did that? And along the way, we see the different choices that Mark would have made and, and what happens when he gets further and further into these worlds. Uh, now, I, is, is it heavy? In a way, it, it, for me, it's going to require two reads. Uh, you know, okay. I was reading this at like 1.30 in the morning, so perhaps <laughs> that, was, uh, that, that was why I, the ending needs to be explained a little bit better. Uh -huh. uh, I thought it was great. They have an introduction by John Gibbon who is an actual scientist and was like, I was kind of nervous about doing the introduction to this book because I don't want my name associated with some like insane comic book. But he's like, he goes on to explain about um, Schrodinger's cat and like that experiment. Like, you know, he, that those ideas are played out really well here. It's a little bit heady, uh, but I found it to be really exciting. Um, what drew me to the book the most though was the art. The art is spectacular. Um, I'm trying to look for like a really great page here. It, it's got a a lot of different styles. In yeah. There. So like it's very colorful. Um, I'm just trying to see if I grab another quick one. Um, uh, yeah. So it's like it's super colorful and stuff. Like here we go. Here's another great example of just like, the the great colors in the book. But what mm -hmm. I found to be really great was the pages where they're explaining to you what like the, the company that does the infinite vacations. Uh, they have like promotional videos. And their promotional videos are just real people pictures with text. And that always trips me out when you see like an actual real person with thought bubbles or word bubbles around them. It always weirds me out when I see that. It is. Yeah. Like to me, a lot of the times it's just very off-putting. Yes. But I guess if done in a, a good way. Then... Yeah. Off-putting is the right word. Uh, 
I really enjoyed this. There was a there was a page in this book, or, or like two pages, but like one particular panel where I actually got like kind of emotional looking at it. Um, I'm not going to spoil what it is uh, if you're interested in picking this up. Uh, I'm going to reread this again just because I want like a better grasp of the ending. Uh, but like I said, I enjoyed it. It's beautiful to look at, and it's something different. And Nick Spencer's Nick Spencer's a good writer. He does uh, Superior Foes, something else that he did. We were just talking about Nick Spencer a couple weeks ago. He was doing uh, Secret Avengers. Did he just finish? Yes, he did Secret yeah. Avengers. There was another one that's slipping my mind. But like, I, I liked everything that I've read from Nick Spencer, and that's why I picked this up, and I enjoyed it. Fantastic. So that's it. That's it for this week. We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get out of here. Um, Rob's not allowed to hit the button to end us early this week. Nope. I'm, I'm just setting it, <laughs> setting it up. close over there. All right. Uh, we're Backup Stories on Twitter. You can reach out to us. Uh, let us know what you're thinking of the show, what you've been reading that you've liked. If, if we're not talking about a book that you guys wondering our thoughts on or want us to check out just because you think it's awesome, let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, you could do that on our Twitters. I'm at Joroak, J-O-R-O-A-K. And I'm at Dusk1020. Every week you can catch Rob and me on uh, the Talking Games podcast at Talking Games. Uh, this week I was hosting the show and Jackie was crazy. We <laughs> talked about we talked about some games, some Shovel Knight, some more Bloodborne. Um, and some alcoholism. Yep, definitely that as well. Um, we're part of TalkingComicBooks.com, so you can uh, come if you're you're actually you're on the website right now looking at this. But if you're on the YouTube page, come over to TalkingComicBooks.com and check us out. A lot of good stuff. That's going to do it for us uh, this week, guys. Until next week, goodbye.